1: I'm Rod Sterling. You're listening to the Zero Hour. Rest your eyes,
2: exercise your imagination. Today, Glenn Hall-Taylor's offbeat story of people who play with matches and death. Come Light My Fire.
3: Starring Peter Lucas. In the Mutual Broadcasting System Presentation. The Zero Hour.
1: Brought to you by the Ford Motor Company and Lazy Boy Recliners. Also by State Farm Insurance, International Harvester, and Quaker State Motor Oil. This is the Zero Hour on Mutual Radio.
2: This is Hugh Downs with another car buyer's report from Ford. Comparing the total cost of ownership is the only way to be sure you get your money's worth when buying a new car. And Ford says there are three important considerations that make up the total cost of ownership. Purchase price, operating economy, and trade-in value. Don't overlook that last one, trade-in value. I'd like to give you some interesting facts about trade-in that are difficult for the average consumer to come by. Like the fact that based on a national average of NADA wholesale prices, both the 1973 Torino and the 1973 Grand Torino returned more of their original purchase price than their closest sales competition. The facts speak for themselves. A solid, well-made car will generally return more at trade-in. Ford says that's one of the reasons why Torino is the best-selling car in its class. The closer you look... The better we look. At one time, under common law, the willful and malicious burning of another person's house was considered to be a crime as heinous as that of murder, a felony punishable by death. Today's story is about both arson and murder. It begins in a modestly impressive home in a respectable middle class neighborhood where David and Eleanor Scott have resided for the past few years. But the man who has successfully posed as a retired insurance consultant doesn't consult in the manner in which his neighbors might anticipate. Listen.
3: Come in. We're expecting you. Hi, Mr. Scott. Hello, Mr. Porter. Well, I take it this is the gentleman you telephoned about. Yes, this Mr. Gilpin. Glad to know you, Mr. Gilpin. How do you do? Have a chair, gentlemen. Uh, Mrs. Scott and Mr. Gilpin. Oh, hello. Hello. how do you do? Well, let's get down to business. Mr. Porter tells me you have a problem. May I ask what it is? Well, I, uh, I think I'd rather have Mr. Porter explain it. Oh, yeah, well, I'd be glad to. Uh, see, Mr. Gilpin owns a tenement house on the other side of town. Well, pretty soon the building will create big losses because it. Needs new plumbing, wiring throughout, replacement of dry, rotted timbers, and so on. Well, as an insurance consultant, I'm interested in your coverage. Do you have enough insurance to be in the market for a successful fire? Uh, Yes, but I hesitate... Oh, for
4: heaven's sake, that's nothing to be ashamed of.
3: Uh, Yes, sir, Mr. Gilpin, Uh, I told you these were okay folks. It's nice of you to say that. Do they guarantee results and uh, confidentiality? Oh, Mr. Gilpin, we've been doing this nearly all our lives. And I might add, we're not pyromaniacs. We merely set a fire... And walk away. You
4: see, with us, it's a profession.
3: Well, that makes me feel a little better about it. I, I'm a respectable businessman, and nothing must go wrong so that I become involved. We protect all our clients. Now, please don't worry. Well, I guess that about sums everything up. I presume Mr. Porter told you about our fee. Yes, it's uh, really quite satisfactory. Good. Uh, we appreciate your business, Mr. Gilpin. Yes, miss.
2: Uh, may I help you?
5: I think so. Are you the arson investigator, Mr. Atherton? Yes. I heard on the radio that you were in charge of investigating that tenement fire in the north side of town.
2: You know something about it?
5: Well, I'm not sure, but I think so. See, I lived in an apartment in that building, shared it with a girlfriend. We lost everything.
2: Were you in the building at the time of the fire?
5: No, sir. I was at work. But yesterday afternoon, I was leaving for the factory, and I noticed something that I thought I should report to you. What was that? Well, there were two old people, a man and a woman down in the lower hall. I'd never seen either of them before.
2: Were they acting suspicious?
5: I didn't think so at the time, but later I began to wonder about what they were doing.
2: What were they doing?
5: Well, she was on her knees under the staircase. I stopped to see what was wrong, and she told me she'd lost her key. Now, just as I asked if I could help her look for it, she said she'd found it. So I left.
2: Anything else?
5: Yeah, as I went out the front door, I noticed a car parked at the curb. A man was sitting at the wheel and the motor was running.
2: That could be a coincidence.
5: I know. But when I got to the corner, where I wait for my bus, I happened to look back and saw the old couple getting into the car. And it took off kind of fast.
2: About what time was that?
5: Three. Almost exactly. See, I worked the four- to midnight shift at the factory, and I leave the house every day at three. That was another reason I thought maybe it tied in. The radio report said that the fire broke out a little after three.
2: Right. Can you describe the people you saw yesterday?
5: I didn't get a good look at the old couple. It was pretty dark in the hall. How
2: about the driver of the car?
5: I got a pretty good look at him.
2: Do you know who owned the apartment?
5: I heard his name was Gilpin. But we always paid our rent to Mr. Brown, the manager. He and his wife lived in the building, too. I don't know where they've gone since the fire.
2: Anything else you think would be of help?
5: Mm, Afraid not.
2: Well, thank you for contacting me. Your concern is very much appreciated. Now then, uh, let me fill in this report on the description of that driver, and I'll let you go. Okay, uh, your name, please. This will be kept confidential.
5: Carol Kent. Two R's and two L's in Carol.
2: And believe me, Miss Kent, we'll investigate this thoroughly. Arson, investigator, Atherton. Oh, sure, Chief. Yeah, I showed that Carol Kent the mug shots I got from police headquarters, and she made a positive identification of a guy named Porter. He's the guy she saw sitting in the car. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he's been mixed up in half a dozen arson cases. I sent word out to have him picked up. Yeah, meantime, I uh, dropped by that guy Gilpin's office and laid Miss Kent's story right on him. <laughs> he was scared, I can tell you. And I tipped off the insurance company. Okay, Chief. Right. I'll stay on it. Talk to you later.
3: Well, come right in, Mr. Gilpin. Thank you. Oh, who's
4: that,
3: David? It's Mr. Gilpin, Ellie.
4: Oh, what a pleasant surprise.
3: Uh, no, Mr. Scott, I'm afraid it's not pleasant. An investigator from the arsenal squad called on me. Are they suspicious? Oh, plenty. I don't understand. The fire we set under that rickety old staircase wouldn't have left any evidence. And what remained of it couldn't have been separated from the rest of the ashes. No, no, no. It wasn't your technique. Someone saw you. I, I wonder who it, it, it could that have... been. was nice young lady
4: who offered to help me find the key I told her I'd lost.
3: Well, she didn't identify you two, but she described Porter and they're after him.
4: Oh, now, isn't that provoking?
3: Provoking? Provoking?
4: Is that your only reaction?
3: This could be the ruination of all of us at Porter Talks. I don't think there's much chance of that, Mr. Gilpin. Once Porter gets wind of it, he'll be out of town before you can wink an eye. Oh, so that's why That's why what, Mr. Gilpin? Well, it just struck me I mean, that's probably why I haven't been able to contact him since this morning When he came to my office and I paid him for the job
4: Now, just a second, Mr. Gilpin. You paid Mr. Porter?
3: Yes Our share, too? Well, of course
4: Oh, that's most distressing.
3: But that was the agreement. But if he skips town, that means he's going to cut out with our share. Oh, I'm afraid that's no concern of mine.
4: Oh, we understand that, Mr. Gilpin. Mm. It's just that this is um, a little unexpected.
3: Uh, Mr. Gilpin, if you'll excuse us, I think we'd better call on Mr. Porter. Well, uh, would it help if I went with you? I don't think so. He has an apartment he uses for a sort of hideaway. And I'm sure he wouldn't appreciate our letting anyone else know about it. Well, I I hope you settle everything satisfactorily. Oh, we will, Mr. Gilpin. We will.
1: Hi, this is Jim Backus with a special announcement about an exciting Lazy Boy chair sale taking place at your Lazy Boy dealers now. Lazy Boy reclining chairs of your choice are available at unheard of savings for a limited time only. Treat yourself and your family to a lifetime of comfort and beauty. Once you do, you'll wonder how you ever relax without one. Get America's comfort favorite, a Lazy Boy chair now. See your lazy boy dealer today. (laughs) run in there. He'll be glad to see you. Yes, he will. We're number one. We're the largest company, and uh, you don't get to be the largest company unless
3: you're doing a little extra for people. State Farm agent Bill Rich talks about car insurance value. You know that if a consumer feels State Farm is number one, it's got to be on two things, service and price. We only got there because we were as competitive as anyone and because we're there to serve.
4: we pay you a call, Mr. Porter. Uh, maybe come in?
3: Well, well, yeah, yeah, yes, of course. Nice little place you've got here.
4: Oh, I see you're packing some luggage. Uh, going somewhere?
3: I told Mr. Gilpin you'd take it on the lamb as soon as you found out. On, on what? About the police and the arson investigators looking for you. How do you know about that? Mr. Gilpin told us. What did you come here for?
4: Well, we were afraid that uh, in the excitement of trying to get away, you might overlook us.
3: What do you mean? We thought you might forget to pay us. Me? You get paid by Mr. Gilpin. He's
4: told us he's already paid you. Oh,
3: you're nuts. Gilpin's trying to welch on the deal and not pay any of us.
4: Mr. Porter, I do believe you're attempting to be dishonest. Well, look,
3: I'm hot and i got to get out of town. Then give us our money and you can be on your way. Oh, no dice... You old fogies ought to figure you're lucky you weren't spotted in that tenement building yesterday. Getting away with your skin should be enough of a payoff for you. We took the same chance you did. And we expect to be paid for it. What do you want me to do, get picked up? That's what's going to happen if you don't let me get going. And if I do get picked up on account of you stalling me here, I'll... Well, oh, I'll blow the whistle on you. Oh, my. I had no idea you could be so unpleasant, Mr. Oh, I'll Porter. I'll get a lot more unpleasant if you two old coots don't get out of my way. Hey, hold it. What, what, what's the gun for? We've been very patient, Mr. Porter, but patience is obviously getting us nowhere. We have now arrived at the moment of truth. Give me that gun you hold, me. Oh, You
2: can't
3: I'm afraid I've killed him, Ellie. I really didn't want to.
4: Well, uh, now, David, I'll I'll go through his luggage and you search his pockets. It would be a shame not to get our money after going to all this trouble.
3: Yes, Miss
2: Matthews. Arson
5: Investigator Atherton to see
2: you, Mr. Gilpin. Oh, oh, yes. Uh, Have him come in, please. Open? I'm sorry to bother you again. I have to have another talk with you about the fire that destroyed your property. Well, I, I thought I covered all that with a man from your department who was here in my office this morning. Frankly, I'm not satisfied with the report he brought back from that meeting. Not sa- What do you mean? I mean that we are convinced arson was involved. <laughs> well, have you spoken to the insurance company? I have. Uh, didn't they tell you they found no evidence of arson? Yes, but I wanted to talk with you anyway. Another element has entered the case. Murder. Murder? The murder of a man named Porter. The man our deputy questioned you about this morning. The man who was seen in the car outside your building. Yeah, yeah but I, I told him I, I, I'd i never heard of the man. I don't believe you. We made an extensive investigation of your business operations, Mr. Gilpin. Oh? Yes, it uncovered some very interesting facts. Well, what sort of facts? Facts concerning the dilapidated condition of some of your buildings. Really? The one on 12th Street in particular. I'll sue you. It's very evident you could have profited nicely from a fire which would have rendered the structure 100% unsellable. This
1: is a preposterous accusation.
2: I haven't accused you. Yet. But the only person we had under surveillance who could have linked you to this job was Porter. And he's conveniently dead. You're in a bad spot, Mr. Gelpin. Very bad. <laughs> There's something going on at your local international dealer. Right now, would you buy the other pickup from international? You get four. Uh, hold it, hold it. What's yeah. this, the other pickup from international? What's that? Well, there are two pickups out there that outsell everybody else. You know who they are. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Well, we're the other pickup. The one with the wider track, lower center of gravity. The one with great handling and stability. The other pickup from international. Okay. All right, right now, should I? Go ahead. Until July 20th, you get four Firestone gas-saving steel-belted radial tires when you buy a new international pickup at participating dealer. The other pickup. Right. Ah, go ahead. You get these gas-saving radials at no extra cost on most models, and they're worth $290 suggested retail price. No extra cost? Right. Go, go ahead. ahead, I know. And you get a free tire gauge just for coming in. And correctly inflated tires help you get better mileage. So stop at your local Inter. Okay, national... hold it. No. Are you telling me that all I have to do is stop with my local international dealer and he'll give me a tire gauge free, there's nothing to buy? That's right. I'll buy that. Go ahead. Go ahead. The Veterans Administration helps people in little ways. A veteran,
3: let's say, is trying to get him a pot. He's filed to go to school under the GI did.
5: Uh, He's not getting any money, but he's entitled. Well, what's wrong with writing a letter saying that under the law,
4: this man is entitled to receive $220 a month for attending
3: school on a full-time basis? Believe it or not, he can take that letter with the little job, take it to the real estate people, and because he has an additional income of $220, although he isn't receiving it, it makes his chances of getting that apartment much better. And, and this is what I mean about the little things. Going beyond the duty every once in a while. Just go a little bit out of your way to help someone. Uh, that's my philosophy. To me, these are little things. But big things to that person. They're a big thing to that person. At VA, we try a little harder to help.
2: Yes, Chief, we're making some progress. Well, to bring you up to date, I'm convinced Gilpin's guilty. I went to his office and told him that murder had now been added to the crime of arson and that we suspected a tie-in between Gilpin and the dead man. Well, he was obviously worried. I also spent nearly two hours with Carol Kent going through all the mugshots shots of old people. I struck out completely there. If we can't find that old couple, Gilpin may get away with this thing. I have one wild idea, Chief. It's a thousand to one shot, but it may work. I'll let you know. Thanks. So long. Hello, Sally. Don Atherton. Didn't you tell me a while back that you had a friend with the Civic Repertory Players Theater uh, director? Yep. That's the guy. Well, listen. Do me a favor and contact him ask him if he knows of an elderly male and female couple who could do a job for us and keep their mouth shut. <laughs> sure, they'll be paid. Well, they won't make the kind of dough Richard and Liz make, but on the other hand, they don't have to be sexy. Just elderly. Good. You get back to me, huh? Thanks, Sally.
4: May I help you?
3: Oh, is Mr. Gilpin in?
4: I'm sorry, he's out at the moment. What was it in regard to? Well, young lady, it's a personal matter. Would you like to leave a message?
3: Well, actually, miss, it's both personal and business. We rendered him a service. A very confidential service, and uh, I'm sure he'd like to talk with us about it. Would you like to leave your name? Oh, we'd rather not, would we, darling? Oh, no, no, I don't think it's
4: necessary. Uh, Just tell him we called and that we're in a little trouble. Uh, He'll know where to contact us. Well, it's a little unusual, but I'll tell him
3: Well, the service we rendered was a bit unusual, too <sighs> Believe me, miss Mr. Gilpin will understand uh, Thank you uh, We'll be on our way uh, Sorry to have trouble, you.
2: Yes, Chief, I'm, I'm in my car across the street from Gilpin's office building I'm hoping for some action, but I've already been here for an hour Although he went in, he hasn't come out yet. Uh Uh-oh. Here he comes. He's hailing a cab. One's pulling up now. I'm going to tail him. He's giving the driver instructions now. I'll be in touch later. Clear.
4: He'll come right in. Yes.
3: What can we do for you? First of all, why did you come to the office? That could lead to some pretty sticky business. Secondly, what kind of trouble are you in? Trouble? Yes. You left word with my secretary you were in some kind of trouble. What are you talking about? We've never been near your office, ever. Don't try to hand me a snow job. My secretary told me an elderly couple... Uh, Excuse me a moment. What's that? I don't know. I'm going to see. Oh,
4: yes?
2: I'd like to see Mr. Gilpin, Athens, please. you followed me here. What, what is this? It's a trap, that's what it is. I was followed because you were dumb enough to come to my office,
3: you old fool. I told you we never went near your office. And that's the truth. You were both lying.
2: No, Mr. Gilpin, they're telling the truth. I purposely chose the time when I knew you'd be out to send another elderly couple to your office. What? I figured you'd lead me to the people who set fire to your building. You can't get away with entrapment. Maybe by myself I couldn't. But there are two uniformed men outside. This house is covered. So I suggest you and your friends come along peacefully.
1: You can't make this stick, as I'm a respectable businessman.
2: Don't look now, Mr. Gilpin. But your respectability just went up in smoke. Just when you need it more than ever, you can find it more places than ever. That's Quaker State Motor Oil. Why do you need it more? Because if you're using your car less, that engine just isn't getting the exercise it needs. But Quaker State's quality protection is tailor-made to handle deposits that build up in an underworked engine. Now that you need it more, it's available more places. Nice to know.
1: Quaker State your car. You keep it running Yeah. Hi, this is Jim Packers with news about why Lazy Boy is America's comfort favorite. It appeals to men because of rugged construction and he-man comfort. Women love it because there are beautiful styles that match any decor. And there's an amazing choice of hundreds of colors and fabrics. A Lazy Boy lets you recline to any position, even full bed. Put a Lazy Boy in your living room and into your life. See your Lazy Boy dealer today. He's waiting. Run down there. Go. Oh, this indeed.
2: I'm Rod Serling. Close your eyes. Exercise your imagination. And join us again on our next presentation of the Zero Hour. Uh-huh. Like My Fire is an original radio drama adapted by Glenn Hall Taylor. Peter Lupus was heard as Don Atherton. Featured in the cast were Jack Edwards, Paula Winslow, Lou Krugman, Jack Prusen, Catherine Grody, and Ruth Anson. Zero Hour, created by J.M. Colos, directed by Don Hills, is produced in Hollywood for the Mutual Broadcasting System by Radio Productions Incorporated. music is composed and conducted by Stanley D. Hoffman, Rochelle Sherman, associate producer. This has been a presentation of the Mutual Broadcasting System.